Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. And welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. We got something awesome in store for you tonight. Uh, but before that, let me introduce my lovely co-host, Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy? I am wonderful. As I said right before we started recording, I've got my big gallon of water because tonight's show is going to be uh, a thirst quencher. Um, yeah, you know, it's... I'm sure you'd rather have the lemonade that you had last week, but water's a good close second. Very true, but this this water it is uh is that Wawa gallon, not a sponsor, but shout out to Wawa uh, because it's it's cheaper than just buying a bottle of water. God, I love Wawa. Don't we all? Well, there's there's nothing better than going to Wawa on like a like a hot summer day and leaving with like a nice twelve inch sub for like four ninety nine, and it's just. It's just pure bliss. Mikey, you've been in North Jersey too long because everyone knows it's a hoagie because it's hoagie fest. It is hoagie fest, I know. I'm, I'm too removed from my roots. Um, but You'll be back being, here soon. I will. I was going to say, speaking of being removed from my roots, I will be back um, in good old Vineland uh, in about two days so we can do our big home league draft and uh while we're at it since uh, you and i will be together and we'll also be with our buddy dylan who uh does occasional work for goal line and, and uh is on he's on underground sports pretty frequently i'd say um he's he's gonna be there with us so the three of us might hop on and actually do a live stream of our uh, of our home league keeper draft saturday night yes so if you are not already Follow us on Twitch at Underground Sports PHI is our uh, Twitch username because we are going to be live on Twitch doing a live stream and just commentating about how our league draft is going. And uh, from what we've been seeing recently, Mikey, it's going to be an absolute doozy. Dude, it doozy is not even the right word for it. So. Just to just to give you guys some context, I don't want to take up too much time on this because you know you can tune in Saturday night and we'll obviously take you step by step. So it's a keeper league. Everyone keeps three guys. You can retain a fourth guy if you want to spend your highest first overall uh, first round pick. So for instance, I've been accumulating players for a couple years now. I'm going in with Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, Julio Jones, and Devontae Adams, and that makes me salivate. And then Kyle's going in with also pretty decent keepers. He's got Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, and then Alshon Jeffrey as his third guy. And my first round pick. And you still have your first round pick. Now, just to just to kind of entice everyone on uh, on, on making it to our live stream on Saturday. Our league is our league is pretty damn competitive. You know, yes. it's ever it's it's pretty cutthroat. Everyone is super into it and we argue quite part, frequently on Sundays. We argue every Sunday. <laughs> um, but we got word today 
from the guy that has third overall. Now, mind you, are, are the top five picks available in this league because of the keeper rules are going to be guys like DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson, uh, Todd Gurley will be in there. And then you got guys like Damian Williams and Derrick Henry, which are probably going to be, you know, the, the stragglers in the top five, top six picks. Kyle, do you know what our beloved league mate Ray told me he might do at third overall? Lay it on me, brother. So he's thinking about reaching on a player. And I don't mean a little bit of a reach. I mean a big reach. So he told me that he is such a big fan of Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Nick Foles that he might take him third overall, even though Nick Foles has gone undrafted in about 85% of leagues. I mean, I too am a huge fan of Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback and Super Bowl MVP with the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Nick Foles. But uh, fantasy-wise, I am not taking him in this league third overall even if i was drafting blindfolded yeah it's it's i really hope he doesn't do that uh, but there's there's always someone in our league that has to do something boneheaded and it, it it's not cool for us because i i hate it when stuff like that happens to the league but at the same time you can't help but laugh so if you want to have a laugh if you want to come hang out with us and see how our league operates and you know, aside from the third overall pick, it should be a pretty damn competitive uh, draft. So feel free to tune in with us on Saturday night. Uh, we're going to be giving live co- uh, live um, coverage, and I will have a couple beers, so you never know. I might be on my funny game. You know what the people can do, though, Mikey? What's that? If our buddy and league mate Ray takes Nick Foles number three overall in our league, They can go to our Apple Podcast Reviews, leave a five-star review, because we have standards, unlike Ray taking Nick Foles number three overall. I love you, Nick Foles, but it just shouldn't happen. And let us know what we should do to punish Ray for taking Nick Foles with his first overall pick at number three overall. Let us know the punishment that Ray should receive for taking Nick Foles number three overall in a keeper league with that talent at the top of the draft. And, you know, it's crazy because his three keepers in a, in a standard PPR redraft league, all three of his keepers have an ADP, an average draft position, of top 15 picks. He's keeping Saquon Barkley, Tyreek Hill, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So it's not even like he's a bad owner and he just wants to blow up his team. He legitimately feels that strongly about Nick Foles that he wants to pair him with Saquon Barkley, Tyreek Hill, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So we'll see how that works out for him. But... Speaking of average draft position, that is what we are going to be covering tonight. So Kyle and I are going to be going through uh, round by round, probably 10 or 12 rounds, and we are going to list the players that are being taken at their average draft position in each round, and we are going to tell you who we think could be a steal in that round and who we think will completely bust out in that round. You ready to get to it? Let's do the damn thing. Okay, so the first 12 guys going in the first round in this order is going to be Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. Then we have Devontae Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones. We finish off the round with uh, the last three picks of Michael Thomas, James Conner, and Nick Chubb. So just based off of the top 12 guys, now I don't know if you can necessarily call any of these guys busts or steals because it's the first round. Um but who do, you, who do you think is a guy, I, I guess towards the end of the first round, that you would consider to be a steal at where they are? 
Man, uh, I gotta go with that last guy you named, Nick Chubb. I am a big fan of. I think he's going to be absolutely dynamic. And even when Kareem Hunt comes back, I think Nick Chubb's gonna have such a stranglehold on the starting running back job for Cleveland, and it's gonna be so far down into the season that they're not gonna wanna mess up any of that mojo they've got going. And I think Nick Chubb's going to be the RB1 all year long for the Cleveland Browns. So if you can get Nick Chubb number 12 overall right there, that's an absolute bona fide steal. I completely agree with you. So I know a lot of people are pretty concerned about when Kareem Hunt comes back, but I got news for you guys. Kareem Hunt is really not that incredible of a running back. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs just have a way of or I should say Andy Reid, uh, has a way of making running backs look significantly better than they are. I mean, like, take Damian Williams, for example. Um, You know, he was a career backup. He's had about 180 carries throughout his entire career, and he's been in the league for four or five years. He comes in as soon as Kareem Hunt goes out, and he looks like a stud, and it's just because he's in Kansas City. So I think that narrative is going to follow Kareem Hunt Um, And the fact that he's out of Kansas City, I don't think he's going to be as effective. And best case scenario, he just takes on a Duke Johnson sort of role late in the season. Yeah, and I think uh, to quote one Jerry Jones, Zeke who? Uh, I think taking Ezekiel Elliott right now would be a big mistake in a redraft league uh, because it does not sound like things are going to get done anytime soon. Same thing with Melvin Gordon, but... uh, The whole Zeke thing is very, very interesting from a fantasy perspective and a real-life just football perspective because, Mm -hmm. as we all know, the Dallas Cowboys offense is built around Ezekiel Elliott. That's how they function. That's how they perform at their peak best. If he's not in there, sure, you know, any running back has slid in behind that offensive line and done well. We saw it with Darren McFadden. We've seen it with Alfred Morris. It's not the same, though. You're not going to get that same you know, bullying production that you get from Ezekiel Elliott. And quite frankly, if he's not in, you know, any Cowboys player is going to take a hit. So, I mean, if Zeke's there, but he's not signing his contract anytime soon, I'm staying far away from that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away from Ezekiel Elliott, at least at 105, because um, he, he's the fifth pick right now in the first round. I, I would, he is so good and so explosive that I still wouldn't mind taking him at the very end of the first round like i'm talking pick 11 pick 12 in the first round uh but five overall i mean there's way too much definitive talent that is going to definitely be on the field this year to skip over at 105 so ezekiel elliott would be one of my quote-unquote busts uh in the first round as of this point and then my 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 even bigger bust who i know you're going to completely disagree with is going to be pick 111 and that's James Conner. Um, I I personally just I, I can't see myself spending a first round pick on this guy. There's there's way too many question marks in Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, Juju Smith Schuster is great. Ben Roethlisberger is still a pretty damn good quarterback, and James Conner is a good running back. But the issues are is that this offense. I I mean, they're not going to be the same without Antonio Brown. No way. And James Conner is. I don't think I don't think he's leaps and bounds better than Jalen Samuel, and plus they just drafted Benny Snell, so I really do think James Conner could lose a lot more work than we think. So for that reason, 
I wouldn't take him anywhere in the first round, personally. I can agree and disagree at the same time. Uh, I think their offense is going to be fine because, as we've seen and we've talked about it on this podcast before, the Steelers are just a, a warehouse-producing machine for uh, for wide receivers. And no matter who it is that they bring in, whether it's the draft, free agency, whatever it may be, they somehow find a way to turn wide receivers into productive weapons for Ben Roethlisberger. So losing Antonio Brown and his talent sucks, obviously, um, but I think the off-field distractions are going to help this team improve, and I think Juju's going to leap into that number one wide receiver role really, really well, and I can understand the uh, the rotation you know, scare that you have with the Pittsburgh Steelers running backs. I think the bigger issue with James Conner is just Ben Roethlisberger's age and the offensive line uh, just staying healthy. That's my more of a concern than actually James Conner himself. Okay, so then we'll I'll, I'll read. I'll start reading you the guys that are going in the second round. And before you give me any of your second round steals and busts, I want you to tell me if there's any of these guys that you would a thousand percent take over James Conner at pick one eleven. Sure, let's lay it out. So we have Odell Beckham, Tyreek Hill, Juju. Uh, then we have Todd Gurley, Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Mike Evans, AB, Adam Thielen. Carry on Johnson going at the end of the second round, and then Keenan Allen. Um, I I know for a fact in my mind, there's at least five or six guys right there that I'm taking over James Conner. Is there anyone you're taking over James Conner there? Definitely. I mean, you have to take Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, sure, he's just a freak, you know. And yeah, to- he, if 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 him and Baker can get their timing down like perfectly by week one, I mean, Odell Beckham, he's gonna he's gonna be a threat to be the number one overall fantasy receiver. Like. To have the improvement at quarterback that he's going to have this year, just in terms of accuracy alone, is going to be unbelievable. Um, I like Joe Mixon a lot. I think he's going to be run into the ground because the Bengals are going to not be very good. Um, Andy Dalton's not a good quarterback. A.J. Green is oft injured. And the only weapon outside of that that can stay healthy is Tyler Boyd. So it's going to be the Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon show in Cincinnati this year. Uh, Love Tyler Boyd. <laughs> don't we all? Come on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really like Joe Mixon this year. I think he's going to take another step forward. And uh, I'm not too high on on Johnson as a lot of people are. I think he's very good. I just want, He's one of those guys that I'm still kind of waiting to see because I don't trust Detroit at all. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely players in there that you would take before James Conner. Yeah, so would it, would it be safe to assume? So Joe Mixon is the seventh pick of the second round, according to average draft position Oof, right now. That's a is steal safe, and a half. I was about to say, is it safe to assume that Joe Mixon is going to be your steal of the second round? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, there's there's only one bigger steal, in my opinion, here, and that's going to be Mike Evans, which is one spot after Joe Mixon. Yeah, um, how is Mike Evans not going in the first round? Mike Evans is just wildly disrespected and it's incredible because Tampa Bay lost Adam Humphreys and Tampa Bay lost to Sean Jackson that frees up close to 200 targets and realistically those 200 targets are just going to be split up between Mike Evans Chris Godwin and OJ Howard I mean they don't have any legitimate wide receiver three on that team so 
the guys that are going to be catching the ball in Tampa Bay are going to be catching the ball a hell of a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, with Bruce Arians there, who we all expect is going to help Jameis Winston improve, and to have Jameis not have a cluttered collection of passing options now, where it's just going to be Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard, you would assume, that's going to open up so much for Mike Evans in this offense. Yeah, I, I currently have uh, Mike Evans as my number four overall receiver in my projections and personal rankings. And if I'm getting my number four overall receiver at the 20th pick of the draft, you can sign me up. I actually I actually had that happen to me. So, our, you know, our buddy Eric Villar, great guy, um, he invited me to, to his – to his league and i was able to get mike evans at the the 10th overall pick of the second round and i was pumped dude that's absurd yeah it's nuts so mike evans joe mixon definitely big steals for the second round you kind of touch base on carry on johnson being your bust of the second round um as far as my bust goes i don't necessarily know that there is one in the second round, I do like carry on Johnson. I mean, two is a little bit early for me. I guess I would lean Antonio Brown at the tenth overall pick yeah. of the second round is is a bit too worrisome for me. My reasoning is the same reasoning as everyone else's. I mean, dude's been an absolute head case. You don't know what's going on with his helmet. You don't know what's going <laughs> on in his feet. You don't know what's going to piss him off next. You honestly and don't know what's going on in his head. No, you really don't. And the guy. The guy is one of the greatest wide receivers to ever put on a helmet. But the issue is he doesn't want to put on the new helmets. <laughs> so it's just it's it's too problematic for me. The way I look at Antonio Brown is that he is he's a high risk, high reward player, but I don't necessarily know if everything evens out. I mean the receivers you're getting next to Antonio Brown are gonna be Mike Evans, Adam Thielen. Keenan Allen, uh, T.Y. Hilton is going to be in that conversation starting in the third round. So, in my opinion, I mean, they all have relatively similar ceilings. I would say Mike Evans is the closest thing to having the same, if not a better, ceiling than Antonio Brown. But the other guys that I just listed don't have the same kind of risk that Antonio Brown has. And it's it, at the end of the second round, it just kind of seems like an unnecessary risk to take. So for that reason, Antonio Brown will be my official second round boss. I can vibe with that. Uh, so next up in the third round, I can already tell you this one's going to be fun. Um, so in order, we have... Pat Mahomes, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Freeman, Aaron Jones. Then we have T.Y. Hilton, George Kittle, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, Zach Ertz, David Montgomery, Stephon Diggs, and Chris Carson at 311. Dude, Your biggest bust in this round, Josh, if you only had to choose one. Josh Jacobs, hands down. Josh Jacobs at the eighth pick of the third round. That is Give absurd. Me some Josh Jacobs... You all know I, I have uh, my takes on this show. Josh Jacobs is not even the best running back from this draft class. No, he's not. And, you know, he's in, an, he's in a situation in Oakland that is a total wild card. You have no idea what's going on there outside of, you know, every week on Hard Knocks, which is, you know, fabricated for HBO purposes. I mean... He's he he's an unproven commodity. I don't know how you can invest 
what was it, 3.8, you said? Yeah, eighth pick of the third round. I don't know how you can take Josh Jacobs' third round, eighth overall. It's not like a few years ago when Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon were drafted. Uh, you know, he's not that type of uh, a running back. And I just, I, if you take Josh Jacobs there, I, I need your Twitter handle so we can have some some talking, some stern talking to in your DMs because you're you're doing fantasy football wrong. Yeah, I understand the Josh Jacobs hype. I do, but I would also consider him to be one of the busts. And the Raiders' O line is not good. Yeah, and his ADP has actually been rising. I'm pretty sure when I ran my uh, ADP uh, steals and busts articles a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sh- like don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Josh Jacobs had an ADP of like the fourth round at that point. I think he was the beginning of the he was like beginning or middle of the fourth round. Now he's all the way up at the middle of the third round. That's just too much for me. I mean, he is going to be purely volume based. I get it. He's not really going to be competing with anyone. Uh, Doug Martin's not a threat to him. Jalen Richard's really not a threat to him, especially since Josh Jacobs can catch the ball. So, I, I mean, he is going to be, I guess, the definition of a workhorse, but it's not going to be on a great team. And it's it's a team that just has a lot of drama around him, like you were saying. And it's just, it's just not a situation that I want to get involved in. I mean, if you need your RB2 or even your RB1 by then, I mean, there's still so many better options. Like, if you're going to take that big of a risk on someone in the third round, you might as well reach on Melvin Gordon because you swing for the fences at that point. Like, come on. Da, 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 da. Um, my biggest bust in this round is, and I feel bad calling him a bust because he's not, but Patrick Mahomes in the third round, the beginning yeah, of the third round, the crazy. first pick of the third round, I'm a huge advocate that you have to wave on quarterbacks. Like, no matter what quarterback is there, I will not pick a quarterback before, like, the seventh round. And my, my philosophy had changed a few days ago, so I promised myself I wasn't going to take a quarterback to like, the ninth or tenth round just because of how deep it is. But somehow, at the end of the seventh round, Deshaun Watson was still staring me in the face, so I had to pull the trigger on that because he's going to be, without a doubt, a top two, top three quarterback this year. But to, 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 to waste a pick, uh, and it is a waste of a pick, to waste a pick in the third round on Pat Mahomes when the quarterback position is so deep, while there's still guys like Devonta Freeman, Aaron Jones, T.Y. Hilton, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, I mean, while you have these guys on the board, that's just too much for me. Yeah, how do you don't target a tight end in the third round with those elite guys on the board? Again, Give me your Twitter handle because you're doing fantasy football wrong. Those yeah. that top tier of tight ends is round three worthy. You know, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, those guys should be going in the third round, and then the fourth round you'll get kind of the start of tier two. But those elite tight ends should if they are on the board, you should be taking them without hesitation. Yeah, and if you want to be quote unquote that guy, if you have a flex position and you're at the turn of like the third and exactly. fourth round, take both. Dude, take George Kittle and Zach Ertz. Just completely ruin it for the rest of your league. You'll you'll get a hell of a lot of points out of it, and you cripple the rest of the league. So we had that a few years ago when Jimmy Graham was good in our league. It was Jimmy yeah. Graham and Zach Ertz on one roster, which was pretty good. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. I mean, the, he didn't win the championship because. Uh, Certain somebody on this podcast did, but, you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's how we do. Um, my biggest steal in the third round, 
So I do really like Devonta Freeman at the fourth overall in the third round. I think he's going to have a massive bounce back year. And if he stays on the field, I think he's definitely going to finish the season as an RB1. But he's not going to be my biggest steal. We were talking about him a little bit before the podcast started. I honestly love, love, love Chris Carson at the very end of the third round. Yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, and that's and that's fine. There's still, you know, there's a lot of Chris Carson hype going around and everything like that. But Seattle is last year they were one of the league's leadest rush, le- one of the league's leading rushers. They rushed, you know, a, a, an ungodly amount of times, and they rushed for a lot of yards between all the guys they had. Chris Carson has been severely separating himself from Rashad Penny. Um, Seattle's coaching staff came out and said they want to get Chris Carson, you know, 50 plus targets this year. So they're trusting him as a receiving back. And that's a massive upgrade from his 24 targets last year, which by the way, out of his 24 targets, he caught 20 of them. Um, so he's, he's got hands, you know, he knows how to catch the ball. He, he knows how to give himself the opportunity. And if he really has separated himself from Rashad Penny this much, to the point where he's going to be taking like 80% of the snaps back there at running back. I see no situation where he doesn't finish as a top 15 running back. My biggest issue is similar to the Oakland Raiders and Josh Jacobs. Seattle has zero offensive line that I can trust. uh, And their quarterback is a mobile quarterback. And you know, when he gets in trouble, he's going to run the ball. And Chris Carson is a guy that I would be okay passing on and him succeeding rather than taking that gamble and him failing just because of the the team he's on because Seattle hasn't been able to run the ball since Marshawn Lynch left and that's because he the type of running back he was and I Seattle running the ball is something that I just I need to see it to believe it see I'm not going to I'm not comparing Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson they're two completely different players. Christian McCaffrey is one of the elite running backs in the league. Chris Carson is not. But I don't think it's a fair argument to say that Russell Wilson is a mobile quarterback and that'll negatively impact Chris Carson because I think now Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey are obviously a a different case than Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. But I think having a running back that's able to receive the ball with a mobile quarterback can actually be a pretty deadly combo as Carolina has showed us. So I think it'll be interesting to see if they start to utilize something like that. And I I think that there's a pretty realistic possibility that something like that could come to fruition. Like I said, it's not going to be as effective as Carolina does it, but I, I think it'll be a pretty interesting situation to watch. So if I'm picking at the very end of the third round and Chris Carson's still there, I'm taking him. Hell, I got him in like the end of the fourth, beginning of the fifth round in, in my draft the other day, and I was ecstatic. So, For pretty, pretty worth, happy with Chris Carson. I have not been able to trust Pete Carroll since Super Bowl 51. Uh, dude, I don't think Or whatever could. Super Bowl was, 48, 51, whatever it was. Whatever Super Bowl, it was ridiculous. But anyway, so we'll move on to the fourth round. Uh, we spent a lot of time in that third round. Um, coming up, we have Melvin Gordon, which is risky but you know it's the fourth round you see melvin gordon's name whatever uh julian edelman marlon mack brandon coach robert woods Derek henry chris godwin mark ingram kenny galladay tyler lockett 
and Cooper Cup. Um, I will go over mine a bit first here. So my biggest steal for me in the fourth round is honestly Brandon Cooks. Interesting. Brandon Cooks Cooks at 41 overall, the fifth pick of the fourth round. I mean, he's not a fun pick to make. He's not a sexy pick to have. And he's not really a guy that you want to go out of your way to root for on Sundays. But the past three or four seasons, Brandon Cooks has consistently shown out as a top 15 fantasy football PPR receiver. So... To be able to get that kind of value midway through the fourth, that's kind of hard to pass up. Yeah, he's really good. Um, my, I can go over my bus because I have multiple in this round. Uh, one being Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram's a total bust this year in Baltimore. Um, I just don't see him duplicating anything he did in New Orleans. And... Uh, I'm still not, it's it's not an actual bust, but I, I need to see him back from injury completely. That's Cooper Cup. I want to see him completely healthy um, to be able to trust him, to put him in my lineup each and every week, especially in that potent Rams offense that has Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, and Todd Gurley which, as well. Uh, which, ironically enough, all three of those receivers right. are going in this round. So you, so... So you're saying even with the last pick in the fourth round, you still think it's a little too early to be taking a risk on Cooper Cup? I think it's a little early. Like if you can okay. if you can wait a little bit longer to get Cooper Cup, I would. But I think my overall bust from this round is Mark Ingram. Steal. Uh, I have to agree with you. I think Brandon Cooks. He's super solid. He's one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL. No matter what team he's been on, whether it's the Saints, the Patriots, and now the Rams, he the dude just puts up numbers. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but something impossible kind of just happened. You and I agreed completely because Mark Ingram was going to be my biggest bust of this round as well. And I, and I was kind of explaining this when we did the uh, the rookie podcast last week. It's just there are so many mouths to feed, and Justice Hill is coming in, and Justice Hill is looking good. There's a good chance that Lamar Jackson is actually the leading rusher of that team by the end of 2019. So just – Going after Mark Ingram in the fourth round, to be completely honest, Mark Ingram is not anywhere on my draft board. Unless like he fell to like something ridiculous like the ninth or tenth round, which is not gonna happen in a single league. Um, I'm I would not take Mark Ingram. So it's to to to, to use a mid fourth round on him is almost as bizarre to me as taking Pat Mahomes at first overall in the third. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. So you and I agree. Brandon Cooks is the steal of the fourth round, and Mark Ingram is the bust of the fourth round. Yeah, and shameless plug uh, for another show on the network. Uh, the Eagles and Ravens play each other. It will all have already happened by the time this podcast goes up, but if you want some insight on how the Ravens are looking on offense and everything, I uh, recorded episode three of season two of Eagles Enemies on Underground Sports Philadelphia with Kyle P. Barber from Baltimore Beatdown, the Ravens SB Nation site, and uh, he's got some real good insight on what this Ravens offense is looking like. He kind of convinced me that they're going to be better than I expect, um, but make sure you check that out and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts to uh, check that out. There you go. So coming in the fifth round, we have Philip Lindsay at the first overall pick of the fifth round, uh, James White, Sonny Michelle, A.J. Green, Calvin Ridley, 
Deshaun Watson, Tevin Coleman, Tyler Boyd, O.J. Howard, Jarvis Landry, Evan Ingram, Aaron Rodgers, DJ Moore, and of course your boy, Miles Sanders. I think people are severely underrating Philip Lindsay. Like, I would have to disagree with you. I, um, he's he's actually going to be my biggest bust of this round, but let me hear what you got to say. I think people are, are very low on him for whatever reason. Like, Joe Flacco is his quarterback, and Joe Flacco's not getting any younger. Denver likes to, you know, have a balanced offense, and I think Philip Lindsay is being severely underrated in drafts, so... I think this is a decent spot to grab. I would rather take Philip Lindsay over Mark Ingram. Yeah, I would take Philip Lindsay over Mark Ingram too. But at the same time, I don't know if I would go for any of the running backs in Denver. I mean, if you look at the the last preseason game, the way they split up carries and the way they've been doing everything in, in training camp, I mean, it's almost a three way split between Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, and Devontae Booker. Now, granted, Philip Lindsay is the running back to own there, and granted, he is the one that actually has the PPR upside because. He is a pretty good pass catcher, but taking taking a leap of faith on him at, at the first overall pick of the fifth round, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. There's James White is is right behind Philip Lindsay on this list, who I think is just as big of a bust um, as Philip Lindsay. So I'm not personally touching him, and I probably wouldn't touch Sony Michelle, who is ironically enough right after James White over Philip Lindsay. But Tevin Coleman and Miles Sanders are both there. You know that I don't believe in reaching on Miles Sanders um, in in this draft, at least for 2019. But I would personally rather have Miles Sanders in 2019 than Philip Lindsay. I would too, obviously, because you guys know I am a huge Eagles fan and love Miles Sanders. Um, but Mikey, just to uh, let the new listeners remember, when we first started making Goal Line the flagship fantasy football podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. You did have to issue an apology to one Philip Lindsay for being wrong about him. So just remember the last I time did. you were wrong about Philip Lindsay, what happened. I did. I did. So maybe this is a, an omen for things to come. You never know. <laughs> it was funny, though. For those of you who, who didn't listen to the show last year, um, Philip, or I was, I was highly on the Royce Freeman train and Philip Lindsay Philip Lindsay came out week one week two week three every single week I'd be like guys don't bother like it's just an oddity don't pick him up Royce Freeman's still the guy next week Royce Freeman's still the guy next week okay I think Royce Freeman's still the guy <laughs> and then by the fourth or by the fourth or fifth week of the season I I came out and flat out said all right I dropped the ball on that one sorry guys but <laughs> You know, so I, I am going to remain true with that statement. I, I'm, I'm personally not taking Philip Lindsay, James White, or Sonny Michelle at the beginning of the fifth round. That's just me. My biggest steal of the fifth round, the sixth overall pick of the fifth round. I guarantee you can guess it. It's Tyler Boyd. Of course, Tyler Boyd, come on the podcast. I love Tyler Boyd. I think he is. If, if I, I was, I was telling you before we started the podcast today that if I had to choose two guys that could potentially finish as a wide receiver one that isn't that aren't just normal names, I would say Chris Godwin and I would say Tyler Boyd. Those two guys are going to have big years. They're going to see massive uh, increases of roles in 2019. And to be able to get a potential wide receiver one at the sixth overall pick of the fifth round, that's a steal to me. I'm taking Tyler Boyd all day, every day at that price. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Tyler Boyd forever. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd forever. 
that uh, is that gonna be a goal line shirt? Do we have oh to put that on so. shirts? Just put his face all over In it, like tiger that picture print. you and I keep sending back and forth. Tiger print, Tyler Boyd forever. So here we go in the sixth round now. So we have Mike Williams, Tariq Cohen, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, Baker Mayfield, Alshon Jeffrey, Robbie Anderson, Lamar Miller, Christian Kirk, Jared Cook, Latavius Murray, and Allen Robinson. Uh, anyone in that list catch your catch your fancy as a uh, as a steal in the sixth round? I think. As much as I hate Mitch Trubisky, just you know, I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I I like Allen Robinson, man. I think he's gonna have a bounce back year. Yeah, and Allen Robinson at the end of the sixth round. I mean, there's a very there's a very low risk and a moderate amount of reward that could be that could uh, could come from that. Because realistically, at that point, I mean, he's probably your wide receiver three or your flex option. People so, forget how really like good Allen Robinson was. He was he was very good, and Blake uh, when, Bortles when, was his quarterback. Yeah, but Blake Bortles is kind of an oddity. You know, he was. If you just look at his stats from a fantasy perspective, Blake Bortles could have been like fantasy MVP like two different years, just because they were so bad that he got so many garbage <laughs> time points. I mean, but yeah, I, I, I like I like Allen Robinson as uh, going at the end of the sixth round if you need a wide receiver three or flex position. And I think he has a ceiling, like if all things go right, of a wide receiver, like a low end wide receiver two. Yeah, no, I I mean I think you're selling him short. I think his if he were to reach his ceiling, I think he could be uh, you know a top sixteen, top seventeen yeah. type receiver and be that be that mid range to even high range wide receiver two. So if you can sneak him. At the end of the sixth round, I think you should go ahead and do it. Um, my biggest steal of this round is actually the, the the first guy off the board in the sixth round. That's going to be Mike Williams from the L.A. Chargers. So Mike Williams is obviously going to have an expanded role this year, especially if Melvin Gordon sits out. I mean, everyone's going to have an expanded role this year if Melvin Gordon sits out. But Mike Williams... Has Mike Williams is a fantastic receiver. First of all, I know you're a pretty big fan of Mike Williams. You were you were a bigger fan of Mike Williams before I even liked him a little bit. I loved both of those receivers in that draft, Mike Williams and Corey Davis. I was big on them. Um, I was disappointed on where Mike Williams ended up just because of how many receivers were actually in uh, San Diego at the time. I think now L.A. Um, but I think Mike Williams. This is this is the year that. Uh, we see what he was doing in college, and uh, he's going to take a big, big step forward being a, a wide receiver, too, for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, and a lot of his fantasy points last year came from his touchdown total, so I believe he had 10 touchdowns last year, uh, which which is a lot, but I genuinely think it's a realistic number for him to achieve again. I mean, granted, Hunter Henry's back, and he's going to take a lot of red zone looks away from Mike Williams, but at the same time, I, I mean, that team is going to have to think of interesting and fun and innovative ways to, to move the ball if Melvin Gordon's not going to be there. And I think Mike Williams could be a massive part of that game plan. So for that reason, Mike Williams is going to be my steal of the sixth round. Um, if I have to choose a bust in this round, I see a couple of them. But my biggest bust in this round is taking Jared Cook in the, in the sixth round. The, the he was the tight end for Oakland last year. He's like a million years old. He, he did have... <laughs> He did have a great year last year. I'm not going to take yeah. that away from him. But Oakland also didn't have a single person to throw the ball to besides him after Amari Cooper left. And his big spike 
came after they traded away Amari Cooper. So Jared Cook is behind Michael Thomas. Jared Cook is behind Alvin Kamara. Jared Cook is arguably behind Ted Ginn Jr. You know, who is Jared also Cook a million is, years old. Who is also a million years old, but still very fast. Still very fast. But I just I can't trust Jared Cook. I, I mean, you're taking him at the end of the sixth round while there's still all this talent on the board. Like, I get it if you want to go for that quote unquote good tight end. But the next available tight ends on the board, I'm I'm kind of getting ahead of us getting ahead of ourselves here, but you have Vance McDonald, you have Eric Ebron, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Mark Andrews, uh, even TJ Hawkinson. I mean, they all offer the exact same upside as Jared Cook. They just don't have that risk uh, associated with them of being a six-round pick. So Jared Cook, I don't think he's going to find even close to the amount of success he had last year in Oakland, and I'm not taking him in the sixth round at all. Yeah, and I don't even know if you brought up Hunter Henry too, but Hunter Henry should be taken way ahead of Jared Cook, and we haven't. Hunter seen... Henry is the uh, the fifth pick of the sixth round. Okay, and we haven't seen Drew Brees have any sort of chemistry with a tight end since Jimmy Graham left. So what makes yeah. you believe that Jared Cook is going to be the next Jimmy Graham? Because and Jimmy Graham is more talented than Jared Cook ever was. Leaps and bounds, and it, it just has not been the same for Drew Brees and tight ends since Jimmy Graham left, and I don't think Jared Cook changes that formula one bit, so I totally agree there. Yeah, so there you have it. That's our steals and busts of the sixth round. Moving on to the seventh round, we have Matt Ryan, Will Fuller, Vance McDonald, uh, Curtis Samuel making his way up draft boards, Carson Wentz, Kenyon Drake, Rashad Penny, Darius Geis, Drew Brees, Darrell Henderson, and Dante Pettis. Um, while the list is still fresh in your mind, who is your biggest steal of this round? Biggest steal? Oh, man. Can you give me the, the top three guys again? Yeah, so the first few guys off the board in the seventh round were Matt Ryan, Will Fuller, Vance McDonald, and then the mid-round was uh, Carson Wentz, Kenyon Drake, and Darius Geis. Uh, I'll give you my bust first because you just said him the last guy there, Darius Geis. Uh, a lot of people are high on him. It's that Washington team's offensive line is in shambles. Wait, well, can I can I ask you a hypothetical here? Go for it. You're on the board. You have the tenth pick of the seventh round. Your only two options, like somehow every other player in the NFL <laughs> just disappeared off of the Yahoo selection board. You can only pick Darius Geis or Rashad Penny. Oh my take. God! Because. Oh. Because I did skip him um, when when telling you who was available mid round. Rashad Penny and Darius Geis have the exact same ADP of seven ten. Oh, I because think... Rashad Penny Rashad Penny was going to be my biggest bust of this round. Yeah, I mean I I don't even have Rashad Penny on my draft board. Um, I looked at this as people that are going to be drafted uh, by smart people. And think that they're going to be good. Uh, I just don't trust Washington's offensive line whatsoever. Their quarterback situation as well is in absolute shambles. I feel terrible for Colt McCoy. Um, I I just and you know Adrian Peterson is still there, and just for the the novelty factor, they're going to use him. And I think it's just going to be an absolute circus in Washington this year. So I don't trust Darius Geis as far as I can throw him, and that probably wouldn't be very far because he's a big boy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't trust Darius Geis at all. 
Yeah, I, I can't trust either one of these guys either. I mean, Darius Geis is a guy where if he fell to double-digit rounds, I would take a flyer on him just because, you know, he is a really good running back. He does have some potential, but it's just not – I don't think it's going to be this year. So it would I would really have to wait until the right time to take Darius Geis. But like I said, like you said, I should say, uh, Rashad Penny is completely off your draft board. He's completely off my draft board. And taking him in the seventh round is just dumb. Yeah, that's really dumb. Um, this especially is a very, because, this is well, a very injury-riddled I, I round, was, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm super high on Chris Carson. So, like, why would I be mm-hmm. – why would I take Rashad Penny only four rounds later? I mean, you don't take your running back's handcuff four rounds later. That's a guy that you take, like – 10 rounds later. Yeah. So it's, it's that's too much for me. Um, my biggest steal of the seventh round, I don't necessarily know that there is a quote-unquote steal, but if I had to choose, I'd probably go with the homer pick of Curtis Samuel, wide receiver, uh, fifth overall pick of the seventh round. So for those of you who live under a rock, Curtis Samuel has been the most hyped up, the most talked about receiver uh, in training camp in the entire NFL. Like you cannot go on to any fantasy website or any like NFL affiliated website without reading about how amazing Curtis Samuel has been. Just just for reference, Curtis Samuel's ADP, his average draft position a month and a half ago was like the 12th round or maybe the end of the 11th round. He's all the way up to the mid 7th round. That's how much hype is around him and in my opinion him and DJ Moore are going to have incredibly similar numbers. I think they're both going to be good. I think they're both going to be able to support, um, you know, solid RB2 status most weeks. So, or not RB2, wide receiver two status most weeks. So the fact that you can, you know, DJ Moore was a, a fifth round pick earlier on. If you can get a guy that's going to do almost the exact same thing as DJ Moore can do in the seventh round, I'm all about it. Definitely. And uh, I think my steal, I'll go with my homer pick. You know, this is kind of the realm where quarterbacks should start going, in my opinion. And uh, if you can get a guy that is potentially going to have the chance to be a league MVP like he was in 2017, Carson Wentz, obviously the injury factor is there, and he's got to prove he can stay healthy. But uh, I think the seventh round is a, a good spot to take Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, you know, there's, I like I like I was saying earlier. I don't like taking a quarterback in this in the top seven, top eight rounds. If the right guy falls to me, I will. Carson Wentz isn't that right guy for me, but in no means would I call him a bust in the seventh round. So I can't take anything away from that. Yeah, the the upside factor for Carson Wentz, obviously from what we saw two seasons ago, is something that should intrigue any fantasy owner. Because if he can replicate that or come close to it, he's going to put up monster numbers and be a top two quarterback in the league fantasy wise and a potential top quarterback, you know, real life wise. Well, I was telling you when I was going through my projections and I was trying to stat out the Eagles, there was only two players that I had an easy time statting out, and that was Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz. And the reason for that is because there's so many mouths to feed in Philadelphia and there's so many yards to go around that it created a nightmare for me, but creates quite the opposite for a Carson Wentz fantasy owner. So Carson Wentz is, if he's healthy, he is a surefire top five, top six quarterback option. And, you know, there's a bit of an injury risk there, but at the same time, 
if he's healthy, you're probably winning fantasy football games. It's a risk I'm willing to take. So the eighth round, there are a ton of guys in the, with, with an ADP of the eighth round. There's about 20 on this list. So I'm not going to read a lot of them. I'm just going to read the guys that I, I think you and I would line up on pretty pretty similar. So we have Eric Ebron, D.D. Westbrook, Josh Gordon, Andrew Luck, Kalen Bellage, Geronimo Allison, Kareem Hunt, Cam Newton, Royce Freeman, the Chicago Bears defense, Sammy Watkins, Duke Johnson, David Njoku, and Sterling Shepard. Before I even let you talk, I'm going to say that picking Chicago's defense in the eighth round is one of the stupidest things you could do in a fantasy football draft. Yeah, other than taking Nick Foles number three overall. Other than taking Nick Foles number three (laughs) overall. Don't even get me started on that again. But yeah, so if if I can choose the cop-out pick here, we all know that Chicago's defense is the biggest bus candidate in the eighth round because it, it it just doesn't make sense to take a defense this early. Like no. no defense that finishes number one overall in fantasy points ever does it for a second year. And this time last year, everyone was taking Jacksonville like yep. in the sixth or seventh round. And they went from having 236 fantasy points last year to having like, I don't even know if they reached a hundred in 2018. So I'm not saying the bears are going to completely fall off like that, but it just doesn't make sense. You know, they weren't leaps and bounds ahead of the defense too. Like Chicago had, uh, I think it was around 170 points or something just off the top of my head, which is good for a defense, yeah. but it's not like, it's not game changing. You it's know, there's not there's single just, digit round worthy. Exactly. There's just so many better options at this point. So Chicago's defense is going to be my bus candidate here. If I'm not going to take the cop out pick, I'm going to choose Kareem Hunt for all the reasons yeah. that we were talking about earlier when we brought up Nick Chubb. Like, it's Nick Chubb's offense. Kareem Hunt's really not going to have a big impact. Plus, at that point, you're going to pick a guy in the eighth round that you're going to keep on your bench spot for the first nine weeks of the season. Like, that's that's dumb. Yeah. Uh, I have a, My bust, if I'm not going to take those two, uh, is going to be Josh Gordon because I've obviously he's a freak athlete. He's in insane shape. But one, his off-the-field issues, you know, one, I hope Josh Gordon gets all the help he needs because he's way too talented to not be on a football field playing and showcasing those talents. But that's a huge concern to me because at any given moment, he could be suspended indefinitely again. And there goes a potential wide receiver, too, off of your roster. And he barely played last year. So he's going to have to get himself, you know, back up to speed and everything. Sure, he's still with the same team. But how long of an adjustment period is that going to be after not playing a full season last year? Josh Gordon, I think that's a little too high to be taking him, uh, you know, in the eighth round. My steal, though, is D.D. Westbrook. Well, before we move on to D.D., though, I just want to remind everyone, I'm, I'm totally going to back up your Josh Gordon is bust. Um, it's been about it's been six years since I was the champion of our home league. 2013 is the last time my name's on the trophy. Ironically enough, 2013 is the last time Josh Gordon did anything spectacular on a football field. So I understand that a lot of people are going to say he's a really good athlete. He has so much potential. He has this. He has that. He is six years removed from a phenomenal season. Like, we're not just talking like one or two years. Six years is a pretty 
long time to still be toting around his 1600 yard season. So couldn't agree with you more. Josh Gordon's definitely a bust at that point. So anyway, your steal is D.D. Westbrook. Let's hear about D.D. Yeah. Uh, so if you go back and look, D.D. Westbrook and Chris Godwin last year, you know, Chris Godwin's a guy that both you and I are in love with this year for many reasons. But if you look back at their production last year, they were very similar wide receivers. And D.D. Westbrook's getting an upgrade at quarterback, in my opinion. And, no doubt. You know, to have him potentially be, you know, this number one wide receiver in this offense with a guy who likes throwing the ball deep, I think D.D. Westbrook, to be picked in the eighth round, is a, a, a complete and utter steal especially if a guy like Chris Godwin goes early on and you can get a guy who is similar in play style and production later on in the draft, I'd take D.D. Westbrook all day long there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. D.D. Westbrook is going to be the wide receiver one in that offense. I mean, he's, he's pretty damn good. So if you can get him in the eighth round, I would definitely consider that the steal of the round. As long as he's not biting people's ears. Mm, yeah, well, fingers crossed. Can't win them all. <laughs> Uh, so the ninth round, we have a much shorter list. We have Marquez Vandis Scoutling, uh, Jared Goff, Jalen Samuels, Marvin Jones, Kyler Murray, Corey Davis, LaShawn McCoy, Emmanuel Sanders, Russell Wilson, and Ronald Jones. My bust in this round, it's, it's hard to pick a bust in the ninth round because at this point you're really not investing too, too much. Um, but the, the biggest bust that leaps off the page here is Ronald Jones for me. Yeah, uh, can you read over the list again one more time for me? Because I think there was somebody that... I agree with Ronald Jones, but there was somebody else, too. Um, LaShawn McCoy, Jared Goff, Marquez Vandis-Scantling, Emmanuel Sanders, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones, Kyler Murray. That's who it was. Kyler Murray. Kyler I kind of had, had a feeling you would uh, you would talk about him. So, yeah. Be- before we get into Murray... I don't want to point out too much about Ronald Jones, but I will point out this. He's already injured. He, like, hyperextended his knee. If you watch the video on the kick return from the preseason game he just played in, it's not pretty. It looks like he could have potentially done some damage to it. And Peyton Barber is being drafted a round and a half after Ronald Jones, which Peyton Barber, by no stretch of the imagination, is he a great or even good running back? But he was top 10 in rushing attempts last year, so Tampa Bay trusts him. Bruce Arians has come out and said that he trusts Peyton Barber, and, and you know he's comfortable with using him as not their workhorse, but their main running back. So there's, there's just a lot of better options than going with Ronald Jones at the end of the ninth round. I mean, you could literally quote-unquote reach on Peyton Barber at the end of the ninth round, and you're going to get an incredible uh, amount of more value. So Ronald Jones is my bust. Uh, Kyler Murray's your bust. What do you got to say about him? Um, I just don't trust the Arizona Cardinals at all. Kyler Murray is... Uh, too many people are, are hyped about him. I, I, I don't get it, and it, he should not be going that early. Yeah, it's... It's tough, because I want to like Kyler Murray so bad, and I, I do like Kyler Murray so bad. But it's just... Dude, his ADP is before Russell Wilson. That's stupid. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Like, that defies going down the logic. List, going down the list, Russell Wilson's still there. Jameis Winston's still there. Lamar Jackson's still there. Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger's still there. Um, 
Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. I mean, these are all guys that I would consider taking over Kyler Murray because I already know what they can do. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, especially if you look at the preseason game that they played in week two, I mean, Kyler Murray looked abysmal. Yeah, he's he just doesn't look ready. No, he doesn't. And the, the biggest steal of the round, I kind of have a feeling you and I are going to completely oh, agree on this one. And uh, I'm guessing you're thinking Emmanuel Sanders as well? Absolutely. Dude, first of all, shout out to Emmanuel Sanders. Because to come back from a ruptured Achilles in eight months and do what he did on the field the other night, absolutely absurd. Like, that defies all logic. So, big ups to Emmanuel Sanders and whoever the hell his doctor is because that is a damn miracle. Two, if he is going to be that explosive all season... To get him this late in the draft to potentially be a, a high-end wide receiver too, sign me up. Yeah, it's it's stupid that he falls this far. Honestly, it's so stupid. It's smart. I think going forward, especially after this preseason game, I can't imagine. Even by the time we draft on Saturday night, I can't imagine a scenario where Emmanuel Sanders is still going in the ninth round. However, if you see Emmanuel Sanders anywhere, like starting halfway through the seventh round even with the guys that are there, I'd take a gamble on him. Absolutely. So to get him in the ninth round, couldn't agree more. He's the he he is one of the biggest steals on this list that we just went over. A hundred percent. Could not agree more and you know, I have a special place in my heart for Emmanuel Sanders, so love that guy. Yeah, he's it's he's it's it's hard not to root for him. You know, he's just very likable too. I know I know he did you dirty when I beat you in twenty fourteen, but that's a whole nother story. Oh, my God. Always bringing up 2014. <laughs> anyway, so we'll get. So there are 15 rounds in a typical fantasy football draft. We're only going to go up to the 10th just because after that, I mean, You're anyone is. Yeah, and there, there are tons and tons and tons of steals that you can get from rounds 11 to 15. And if you want to know who who my steals are, if you want to know who Kyle's steals are, feel free to tweet at us um, at, at the directly on the goal line Twitter. I'm always on it. I'm more than happy to answer those questions for you. But for the sake of our sanity and for the sake of me not having to stare at this list of 250 players anymore, just message us on that one. Absolutely. So the final round that we're going to go over is round 10, and this is the full list of names on round 10. Now, before we get into it, I want to warn you, there are two defenses on this list. We are going to exempt them from being busts just because we both know 10th round, is, 10th round is still a little too early. So I'm not even going to read them. It was it was the Rams and the Jaguars. Yeah. But going down the list, Devin Singletary, DK Metcalf, Austin Hooper, Jameis Winston, James Washington, Matt Breida, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Dante Moncrief, and then we end the round with Adrian Peterson. Uh, it's safe to say Adrian Peterson is the bust of the round. Um, I would have to disagree with you on that one. I think Adrian Peterson still has a lot left in the tank. Um, I we're forgetting that dude had a thousand yards last year in Washington. Yes, but that also was with Washington's future Hall of Famer left tackle, who has still not showed up. Uh, to practice and doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon, who is, you know, the only good offensive lineman for that team. 
Uh, like I said earlier with, with Darius Geis and anybody in Washington, I just I don't trust it. That's fine. I mean, I, I'm i not going to go out of my way to draft Adrian Peterson. Yeah. But at this point in the draft, you know, I, I, I don't think I could go as far to call him a bust. Um, if I have to choose a bust from this 10th round, it's kind of hard to do because there's not really anyone that I would quote-unquote consider a bust. Um, you're, you're not going to like me for saying this, but I think course, picking... I saw this coming. I think picking DK Metcalf at the oh. first overall pick. Oh, who did you think I was going to go? I with? thought you were going to go right for my heart and and attack Deshaun Jackson. Oh no, I actually uh, really really like his value. Yeah, um, I think he's a steal halfway right through there. the tenth round. I think he's a steal too. Uh, he's not my big steal of the round. I'll get to that in a little bit. I can but agree. DK Metcalf. With, I can agree with you on DK because of the recent injury and how Ex- Seattle is terrible with rehabbing injuries. And I am terrified for DK. Exactly. my That's exactly what I was going to say. So DK Metcalf, for those of you who don't know, has to have surgery. He's only slated to be out for a few weeks to a month. Uh, that's not going to happen. And if he does come back in a few weeks to a month, he's going to get re-injured. So DK Metcalf at this point, I mean, like we said, Deshaun Jackson is still there. Corlin Sutton's still there. Uh, there's, there's a few really good receivers that you can get in rounds 11 and 12. So taking DK Metcalf as the first pick off the board in the tenth round—that's just that's that's too much, you know. It's that's poor practice. It's hard to it's hard to call anything a bust in the tenth round, like I was saying. But this could be a pick that does come back to bite you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, my big. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. All right, my my biggest steal is actually going to be Austin Hooper, uh, tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, fourth overall of the tenth round. So. Austin Hooper, quietly, incredibly quietly, was the sixth best tight end in 2018 in terms of PPR fantasy points. I mean, he's in one of the most prolific offenses in the league, so you can't knock it. And I mean, if he's there this late, you know, with how sparse and and depleted the tight end position is in terms of just talent and overall fantasy value, that's a, a an absolute take, you know, in the tenth round. Yeah, like just looking back on this list, David Njoku went in the eighth round. I would prefer to have Austin Hooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Ebron went at the beginning of the eighth round. Austin Hooper, in my opinion, is more safe because Eric Ebron is extremely touchdown dependent, as his 13 touchdowns from 2018 will show you. So I would personally take Austin Hooper in the end of the tenth round rather than Eric Ebron at the beginning of the eighth. Absolutely. I would also take Austin Hooper over Vance McDonald. I would take him over Jared Cook. So... You know, if if you miss out on the guys like uh, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, and then obviously the big three at the tight end, you can totally wait until the tenth or the eleventh round and take Austin Hooper, and you'll be more than fine because at the very worst, he's going to be like a top ten tight end on that offense. Yeah, my steal of this round is uh, Emmanuel Sanders' teammates. So say you miss out on Emmanuel Sanders, please do yourself a favor and go get Cortland Sutton. That man I, is talent, and to get him in the 10th round, I think, would be an absolute steal. You know, I, I saw a statistic today, actually. So a lot of people are under the impression that Cortland Sutton should actually uh, be downgraded because Emmanuel Sanders is healthy. Not the case. Um, yeah, definitely not. Court, Cortland Sutton, in games where he plays with Emmanuel Sanders on the field, 
he actually has better stats. You know, mm-hmm. his touchdown his touchdown rate was still the same. His uh his full sixteen game touchdown rate was only you know four touchdowns, whether Emmanuel Sanders was on the field or not. But his yards were like exponentially different. Like Cortland Sutton started out with Emmanuel Sanders. I think he had over a thousand yards, and then without Emmanuel Sanders, it was like it was somewhere between six and 700. So Cortland Sutton has a huge boost if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, which it looks like he is. So I, I, I agree. You know, Cortland Sutton could could definitely be a steal in the 10th round. And now he's got Joe Flacco, who, sure, we, we talked a little bit down on uh, when it comes to just overall quarterback productivity, but he's got an arm still. He's in that Denver air. If he can lob the ball up to Cortland Sutton, who has burners, that offense is going to be lethal in terms of passing. Yeah, I, I like him a lot, and I, I really, I really like the uh, the list that we kind of put together on the on the steals and busts tonight. Um, so, so yeah, that'll pretty much wrap it up for tonight's episode. Uh, before before we sign off, and Kyle gives you all the details and everything like that, uh, I just wanted to remind everyone that we are going to be doing the live stream of our keeper home league draft on saturday night uh the draft starts at eight o'clock so we will probably begin we'll probably log in a bit early on that and kind of kind of give some coverage and talk through things around 7 30 7 40 uh which we'll tweet that out when we are going live on that and on top of that kyle and i are getting to do something almost as exciting as our home league draft this weekend and uh that's the day after we do our draft him and i are actually uh, getting to meet up in person and do a podcast in person. So that's something that we don't typically get to do because I live two and a half hours away, but I'm really excited for the weekend. I'm really excited to draft, and I'm really excited to uh, put together essentially three podcasts in the next two or three days. Yes, it's going to be lots and lots of hashtag content. So like Mikey said, uh, we will be live on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Twitch channel. So it's twitch.tv slash PHI. Like Mikey said, we'll tweet the link out from Goal Line's Twitter and from the Underground Sports Twitter, which if you're not following both, you're doing Twitter wrong. Um, but yeah, we should be live around like 7.30, 7.40 just to make sure everything's, you know, rocking and rolling in terms of Wi-Fi and everything. And uh, we'll be taking questions in the chat, so make sure you are in there. We'll be, you know, kind of breaking down everything that goes on in our draft. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, very similar style to kind of how the Fantasy Footballers YouTube is, uh, series is kind of set up. So that's kind of a bit of inspiration we got there because they're the best in the game right now and somebody that we are inspired by for this show. But definitely tune in twitch.tv slash PHI And to get all of those podcasts that we'll have, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews because we have standards, unlike Ray. So in your five-star review... Let us know what Ray's punishment should be when slash if he takes Nick Foles number three overall in our league. And uh, if you haven't already, upgrade your phone. But if not, we are on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on there. And uh, follow us on there as well. And then the Twitter.com, it's at UndergroundPHI, at goal underscore line underscore FFB. And then you can follow Mikey on Twitter and myself and uh, get all of your, your good sports takes. So... Make sure you're doing it, because then you're doing everything right. And then also, check out our merch at DesignTree, at DSGNTree.com, and at DSGNTree on Twitter. Use five the uh, $5 off promo code DSGN5. You get $5 off at checkout, and we will have fantasy football shirts coming out this year. 
absolutely and uh definitely gotta we gotta we gotta hook ourselves up with a uh, goal line logo tee i think one of these days it is in the works i'm excited man but uh but yeah and before before i officially sign off you know i i just wanted to kind of send a shout out and a quick thank you to everyone that tunes in and to everyone that reads the articles and just everyone that follows the twitter really um you know we 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 created goal line back at the end of december beginning of january and it was obviously pretty tough to get the ball rolling as the NFL season was in playoffs and everything was winding down and no one was really playing fantasy anymore. Uh, we had about four to 450 followers at the end of May. And I, you know, we, we set a goal for ourselves to hit 1,000 followers before the week one kickoff. And here we are two, over two weeks away. From, uh, from week one kickoff, and we are sitting at just under 1,400 followers at the moment. So the, the growth has been incredible. The support has been incredible. And uh, from, from Kyle and I and everyone at, at Goal Line and everyone at Underground Sports Philadelphia, we just wanted to say thank you for tuning in with us and uh, supporting us along the way. Absolutely. You know, Goal Line becoming our flagship uh, fantasy football was uh, an easy thing to determine and come to terms with, and uh, Mikey's just doing the thing with our goal line boys, so uh, make sure you're following them because the content is there, and uh, it's only gonna get better and better as each week approaches as we as we hit this regular season. So follow them on Twitter, and uh, you'll get that good fantasy football content each and every week. Absolutely, and the cool thing is, as soon as the season starts, you know, a couple of the guys at Goal Line, including myself, are gonna be doing weekly articles. So I will be coming out with weekly starts and sits uh, for every single position to kind of give you some advice and, and help you out each week. And then obviously I'll still do my, my filler article here and there, but uh, there's going to be a lot of weekly content coming out. So there's going to be a lot of things, a lot of, uh, a lot of really cool content coming out uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, so with that being said, for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and obviously for Goal Line Fantasy Football, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to hanging out with you guys Saturday night at our draft. Absolutely. Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Tyler Boyd, DeAndre Hopkins, come on the podcast. We'll catch you guys on Saturday. Peace.